I'm Mordechai Sones, and this is your weekly news roundup from America's Frontline News. America's Frontline Doctors founder, Dr. Simone Gold, this week, before entering prison, revealed that the judge who meted her unusual jail sentence asked her to date him in their days at Stanford Law School. Dr. Gold said Obama appointee U.S. District Judge Christopher Casey Cooper attempted to take the friendship to a different level with an invitation to an off-campus date. When Dr. Gold faced Judge Cooper as a defendant two decades later, she understood Judge Cooper's failure to recuse himself as a sign he did not hold any grudge against her for declining his proposition. Instead, Cooper scolded Dr. Gold from the bench for not showing remorse for deaths that did not happen, and handed Dr. Gold a harsher sentence than other January 6th protesters, prompting some observers to ask whether Dr. Simone Gold is the latest Me Too victim. The World Health Organization this week appointed British Communist Party member Susan Mitchie to chair its Technical Advisory Group for Behavioral Insights and Science for Health. Mitchie, who is currently director of the Center for Behavioral Change at University College London, has been a member of the Communist Party of Britain for over 40 years. The objective of the Technical Advisory Group Mitchie will be heading is to advise the World Health Organization on countries' behavioral health policies. Asked in an interview about her communist loyalties, Mitchie refused to answer, saying she, quote, came on this program as a scientist. Canada Prime Minister Justin Trudeau Friday decided to move forward with a new environmental decree claimed to reduce nitrogen emissions from fertilizer by 30%. According to a Fertilizer Canada report, a 30% absolute emission reduction for a farmer with 1,000 acres of canola and 1,000 acres of wheat stands to have their profit reduced by approximately $38,000 to $40,500 annually. Trudeau's move mirrors that of the Netherlands, whose mandate that farmers reduce their emissions by 30% to, quote, protect the environment, has sparked fierce nationwide protests. Those protests have now spilled into Canada, with hundreds demonstrating outside the Dutch embassy in Ottawa on Saturday. Israel's government this week rolled out new restrictions on cash transactions that will take effect August 1st, lowering the limit from $3,200 to $1,745. The limit on cash transactions between individuals is being lowered from $14,545 to $4,360. The law also applies to cash equivalents. Citizens purchasing an item or service that costs more than the limit who circumvent the restriction by making multiple cash payments may be imprisoned for up to three years. According to Globes, the law will mainly impact the working class, such as handymen, plumbers, and electricians. Offenders will be fined 10 to 30 percent of the transaction. Israel is also working on legislation to limit the amount of cash private citizens may keep at home, even in foreign currency. Suspicion of an offense would be grounds for a search warrant. The Global Aid Genomics Corporation Sunday announced it will be halting all investments in Israel and laying off 400 of its 650 Israeli employees, retaining the minimum to fulfill its contractual obligations in the country. The company that provided over 2 million PCR tests to the state of Israel and invested over $87 million says it is stopping all research and development because it, quote, no longer believes Israel's health ministry. The Israeli Kalkalist financial newspaper quoted company CEO and co-founder Sneer Zano saying, We invested tens of millions of shekels developing our technology in Israel, but we were held back for many months. We no longer believe the state of Israel. He continued, I don't see any reason to have an R&D center in Israel when the regulator takes my innovation and transfers it to others. I invested $88 million and everything is being transferred to others. We are now laying off hundreds of people and it breaks my heart, but it is the state that chased us away from here. 
In March, a study among 1,002 Israelis found that less than 17% trusted the health ministry over other health experts, and less than 50% considered the health ministry's information to be very or extremely reliable. The study also found that more than 65% want the health ministry to publish the data it gave to Pfizer, and almost 73% want the government to publish the vaccine side effects. The hashtag died suddenly has started trending on Twitter after two Canadian hospitals were forced to defend the COVID-19 shot after three of their physicians died this week, following another who died earlier this month. Meanwhile, 73-year-old Austrian conductor Stefan Soltes collapsed suddenly during a performance Friday night at the Bavarian State Opera. He was pronounced dead later at the hospital. The New York Times, who reported the incident, did not mention a cause of death, but a Google search for Stefan Soltes' cause of death shows the maestro died of, quote, collapsing. Four film and sports industry celebrities died unexpectedly within one week, with the causes of death claimed to be unknown. Former Notre Dame football star Paul Duncan died June 15th at the age of 35 after suddenly going into cardiac arrest during a run. Duncan was followed by former NFL football star Charles Johnson, who died suddenly on June 19th at the age of 50. That same day, The Voice on America's Got Talent star Nolan Neal was found dead at the age of 41, cause of death unknown. And on Thursday, actress and singer Shanka Dukura was found dead in her Nashville apartment at the age of 44. The Nashville Metro Police Department has ruled out foul play, but no cause of death has been released. Also, American picker star Frank Fritz was hospitalized Thursday after suffering a sudden stroke. Last month, Canadian comedian Nick Nemiroff died suddenly in his sleep without apparent cause. Also last month, U.S. Representative Sean Caston's 17-year-old daughter Gwen passed away suddenly in her sleep. No cause of death was announced, and her death is still being treated as a mystery. Former Canadian Liberal Member of Parliament Dr. Dougie Olfson last week suffered a sudden heart attack during a jog. Olfson, who has received four COVID-19 injections, has publicized his lack of pity for those who lost their livelihoods for refusing the experimental injections. His life was saved by an off-duty firefighter who happened to be nearby. Frontline News on July 15th erroneously reported that Pope Francis announced his intention to redact the Bible. Frontline News apologizes for the report, which turned out to be based on a satirical sketch of the pontiff and promises to take steps to avoid any inaccuracies in the future. While some Catholic groups such as the Lepanto Institute documented Vatican connections with the Communist World Social Forum, a Google search reveals that mainstream media unanimously agree the Pope is not a Marxist. For example, Newsweek quoted the Pope saying, I'm not a communist, just following the gospel. Time Magazine's headline reads, Pope Francis, I'm not a Marxist. The Independent headline reads, Pope Francis says he's not a Marxist, but knows lots of good people who are. Reuters headline reads, I'm no Marxist, Pope Francis tells conservative critics. The BBC, in its article entitled, Is the Pope a Communist?, wrote, The answer to the question posed in the title of this piece is no. The Washington Post says Pope Francis is not a Marxist, while a New Republic article entitled Pope Francis is not a Communist says it's, quote, an easy mistake for conservatives to make. And while USA Today's headline reads, Pope shrugs off Marxist label, New York Magazine's headline reads, the Pope is not actually a Marxist. Well, there you have it. For more top news and analysis, go to our website at americasfrontlinenews.com. You've been listening to Mordecai Sones at America's Frontline Doctors Frontline News.